0: Majesty, worship, peace, Majesty. On to Jesus, be your glory, honor, and praise, Majesty. Jesus, yes Lord, yes Lord, I on glory glorify Jesus, that my, my Majesty. Majesty. I need you to talk with your man and say, "Lord,
1: come and reign in my life this afternoon. You are the Majesty, Lord. I need you to reign in my situation, Father. Everywhere I have dethroned you." Because of my attitude, my thinking, my behavior. Lord, I enthrone you again this afternoon. Father, come and reign in my life. Jehovah, overcome and reign in my life. Morakashantalaba. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we have praise. Let us be seated. Um, it's not unfortunate, but we don't have too much time today. So we're going to be moving very fast. If I call the Bible passage and I don't read it, just make a note of it. But I need you. If I have the opportunity, I will test you next week. I need you to study this particular lesson at home. So if I have the opportunity, next week I will give you a test. Praise the Lord. And you don't want to fail the test. Tell your neighbor, I will not fail the test. Let us go to the book of Psalm 91, Psalm 91 verse 1. And this is what the word of the Lord says. Psalm 91 verse 1. It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. In Him will I trust. And it says, Surely we we'll deliver thee from the snare of the fire i from the noisome pestilence. Mighty Father, the word is yours. It is not of any man's, and it is not mine. I hide myself, Lord, behind the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. I acknowledge that I have, I have not anything to think of anything of myself, but my sufficiency is of you. Father, find me worthy this afternoon as a vessel. Speak, Lord, to me and to your children. But let the entrance of your word bring light and understanding. Into our lives. In the name of Jesus. I believe that the Lord wants to talk to us today about call, a call to higher service. Lessons from the tabernacle. A call to higher service. Lessons from the tabernacle. The Bible says when, when, when God created Adam and Eve in the, in, the, in the book of Genesis. It created them to serve. In Genesis chapter 1, if you read from verse 26, the Bible says he created man in his own image and his own likeness. Then he told man, he said, you must have dominion. If you don't walk, you cannot have dominion. Praise the Lord. If you don't study, there is no way you can gain mastery. If you don't practice, there is no way you can get a gold medal. So if God says you must have dominion, he implies that there's something you must do to have dominion. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, if you go to Genesis chapter 2, if you read from verse 7 to verse 8, the Bible says God created a garden in Eden. And God placed man in the garden. And God now told man to tend the garden. And that was when he now told man, you can eat of, of all the trees, but this specific tree, you must not eat of it. So we are created to serve God. We are created to pleasure God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. In the book, if you go go to verse 15 to 17 of that same place, God spoke about the blessings He was going to give man because of service. So irrespective of what you think, there is a reward in God. Praise the Lord. Irrespective of what the devil has made you think, that you need to be poor on earth before you can get to heaven, there is a reward in God. You didn't say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. It was not a cheap question. I said there is a reward in God. But the devil hated man. Because the devil was created initially as Lucifer, the son of the morning. Praise the Lord. And he was an angel of such glory that when he shakes, heaven moves. Because if you study the book of Isaiah and the book of Ezekiel, and I'm not going to tell you where. You need to go and look for it. The Bible described him. In one of the books, he talked about the covering of jewels that covered him. In the other of the books, he talked about his pipes and his tabrets, built of no measure. And the pipes and tabrets are instruments of music. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But when Lucifer in Isaiah, in Isaiah I think it was chapter 54, now I've given you one of, the, one of the books, decided. To, 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 to dethrone God, God removed him from his position. And God now created you and I. That is why if you sing unto God from a pure heart, the heaven opens. And that is also why music is one of the best ways that the devil used to take people out of the church. Most of the best musicians today with music that died some months ago, even Beyonce started in the church. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So Satan, in the book of Genesis chapter 3, caused man to fall. And when man fell, man handed over the authority of this world back to the devil. And God chased man out of his presence. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God chased man out of his presence. But well, you see, the thing is this. In that same Genesis chapter 3, God... Now told Satan, I will cause anything between your seed and the seed of the woman. And he was not talking about the seed that will come from the womb of Eve. God was talking about the coming of the Lord Jesus. Because man without Jesus cannot defeat the devil. Praise the Lord. If you don't understand that, understand that today. Man without Jesus. Can never defeat the devil. Because the authority over the devil is coming from the name of Jesus. That's why the Lord said in the book of Mark chapter 16. He said that, and those that that believe and are baptized. He said, in my name. In no other name can it be done. He said, in my name they shall cast out devils. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But that is not where we are going. We are still on the way. Now, Jesus, our Lord, came before then, after the fall, God was always seeking for men to serve him. He was always seeking for men to be in fellowship with him. He was always seeking for men that he can reveal his glory unto. And I also have some examples here. Abel was the first one. In the book of Genesis, chapter 4, verse 4, the Bible says, And Abel took of the best of his flock and sacrificed unto God. That was the heart of service. That was a heart of worship. That was an act of worship. Worshipping God with that which he had. Praise the Lord. The other example is Enoch. In the book of Genesis chapter 5, you will see the story of Enoch. The Bible says Enoch was born. Now, one thing you will notice in that that particular chapter is, everybody before Enoch did not have children until they were over 100 years old. But Enoch had his son, his first son, at the age of 65. And Enoch lived to 365 years. Well, the Bible said, and Enoch walked with God. If you read the Amplified Bible, it says that Enoch walked with God. He it it, it abided. He it walked with God with so much focus. Fo- focus. He walked with God. He did not allow the world or the things of the world or the pride of life or the tale of this world to take his focus away from God. And Enoch was not because God took him. In the leaders prayer yesterday, our coordinator said, and God said, God was working with Enoch, and God said, Your house is closer than mine, so I'll take you to my house. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I need you to be, I need you to be excited. Huh? I'm not a lecturer. Huh? Make notes, but be excited in the presence of God. Praise the Lord. And the next person is Noah. The Bible says, by the time, the time of Noah came, the world was wicked. So that the Bible says, and God repented of creating man. And you see the story of Noah in the book of Genesis chapter 6. God said, it has repented of me to create man. He said, and my spirit will no more strive with man. He said, but the number of his days will be 120 years. Then God started to look, if I'm going to do something about man, I need a man to start again. I thought you were going to say hallelujah. hallelujah. Because the reason I wanted you to say hallelujah is this. God needs you always. To make a difference, it needs you. But the tragedy is this. If you refuse to work with God, he will raise stones unto Abraham from stones. But no stone will replace me. Yeah. Thank you very much. You see, you gave me the example, yes. I said, no stone will replace me. Yeah. Praise the Lord. And God found Noah. And God called Noah and said, listen, I repent me of creating man. I want to make a new beginning. And I want you to be my new beginning. Now, the thing about Noah was this. It took Noah almost 100 years to build the ark. Almost 100 years. Can you, can you, I need you to, that's the one question you're going to ask yourself today. Can you work with God for 100 years, You don't see the fulfillment of the promise he gave you and still abide with him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Because that that is what God is looking for. When God looks at me and you, he's looking for men and women that will walk with him, irrespective of what they see. He's looking for men and women that will walk with him, irrespective of whether they see the fulfillment or not. There was a time I used, to ask, I used to ask God, can I pay my children's school fees? The Holy Ghost would tell me, wait. <laughs> wait. I didn't see beyond my nose then. Praise the Lord. But when you start eating, that knows the end from the beginning. Your future can never be put in disarray. Yes. And your future will not be put in disarray in the name of Jesus. Yes. So, the flood came and the world was destroyed and Noah started again with God. Then God saw Abraham. And in the book of Genesis chapter 12, God called Abraham and said, If you read the Amplified Bible, it said, For your own benefit, leave your people. So when you serve God, it is not for the benefit of God. I've come across a lot of people that think they are doing God a favor by serving Him. Ah, I need to correct that impression today. That you are coming to church seven days a week. To practice in the choir, to be part of intercessory group, to work in the council, or to just sweep the church. It's not because you are benefiting God. It is for your own benefit. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That is why sometimes you see me, when I realize where he took me from, I fall on my face. Because he could have decided not to pick me up. But he picked me up. And he picked you up. And if you are here today, you have not yielded to him. I beg you by the mercies of God, there is no time. Jesus is coming back. Praise the Lord. And when God found Abraham, the rest is history. Well, God told Abraham, he said, I am going to send your children to a foreign land. He said, they will be there for 400 years. He said, but I will bring them back. And when you get to the book of Exodus chapter 1, and the Bible says, And the cry of the children of Israel reached the ears of God, and God started to look for another man. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God started to look for another man. And God found him in book of Exodus chapter 3. Praise the Lord. And in Exodus chapter 3, God found him, and God called him. You read chapter 3, verse 2, and verse 5 to 12. And God spoke to him and said, I want you to go to Egypt. I want you to go and get my children out. And of course, he tried to negotiate with God, like you and I do sometimes. But God told him, God showed him power. God showed him the staff that turned to a snake, the symbol of Egypt. And God told him to pick it up by the tail. It means that Egypt can never overcome him. And God showed him what he was going to do to Egypt. He was going to make Egypt a pariah. And that's why God showed him leprosy. But thank God that Moses listened and he went. And the children of Israel, after so much demonstration of God's power, that I desire that we we'll start, we'll start to encounter in this ministry, God took them out of Egypt. And God took them into the wilderness. But the story did not end there. I want us to jump forward to when Jesus came. Praise the Lord. And the Lord Jesus came and He started to show forth the power of God. He started to conduct miracles. He started to turn water into wine. He started to feed 15,000 with just five loaves and two fishes. But that was just a part of the demonstration of God's power. The fulfillment of the demonstration of God's power was when Jesus went to the cross. Because the Bible said that when he got to the cross, he said, My father, my father, in the book of Matthew chapter 27, he said, Why have Thou forsaken me? And they said, Oh, he calls Elijah. He said, Somebody wanted to give him vinegar. They said, No wait. Let us see whether Elijah will come. But you see, they do not know that greater than Elijah was on the cross. The Bible says that if the if the God of this world had known, He would not have crucified the King of Glory. Because when He went to the cross, He was about to do something. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. When He went to the cross, He was about to do something. And what did He do? The Bible said that when He cried, it is finished on the cross. That the veil of the temple, if you go to Matthew 27, if you read from verse 50 to 51, I want you to open it. Matthew 27. And Jesus cried again with a loud voice and gave up his spirit. And at once, the curtain of the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks were split. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now the thing is this. Before Jesus shed his blood, the sin of man could not be wiped clean. The sin of man could only be covered by the blood of bulls and of rams, And that is atonement. To atone is to cover. To redeem is to wipe clean. I thought somebody was going to be excited. Are you not the redeemed of the Lord? Amen. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. And you'll see, you see, you see that in, in the book of Leviticus, chapter 17, verse 1. You will see that also in Genesis chapter 3, verse 21 to 24. When God killed two animals and used that blood to cover the sins of Adam and Eve before they left the garden. So that they could come and pray to him, and he will still be able to hear them. Because when your sin is before God, God will not hear you. That's why David said, create in me a new heart, O Lord. And do not reveal, reveal your spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. And do not take your Holy Ghost from me. Because David knew that if God focuses on his sin, he was in trouble. It was the same David that said, if the Lord is apportioning judgment for sin, who can stand? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, the, the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom. It means something. Now, what does it mean? That's why we need to go back to the tabernacle that was in the wilderness. Remember, God told Pharaoh, Let my people go so that they may serve me. And God told the children of Israel, He said, I am taking you to a land and I am taking you to a place where you will serve me. But there's something he tells them. He told them. Let us look for it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God told them. Let us go to the book of Leviticus chapter 9. I have so much written that. I don't know where it is anymore. But we'll find it. Because the word is the Lord. Leviticus chapter 9. Let us read verse 5. And they brought before the tenth of the meeting that Moses had commanded. All the congregation and stood before the Lord. And Moses said, this is the thing which the Lord commanded you to do. And the glory of the Lord will appear. Before then, the Lord had told them, he said, you are a nation of priests unto me. And I believe strongly that it was not only Levi that was to be the priests. I believe strongly that the entire nation of Israel should have been a priest, a nation of priests unto God. But after the incident of the golden calf, it was only Levi that stood on the Lord's side. And I think that was where there was a change that was made. Because Moses stood by the gate of the cross and said, who is on the Lord's side? The Bible says, and the tribe of Levi stood by him. And it was after that that Moses told them, after they had done what Moses said God said they should do, Moses told them that the Lord has apportioned unto you a special portion in this nation. Praise the Lord. But he said, when the tenth of the meeting, when the tabernacle is brought, the glory of God will manifest. Now, that is in the Old Testament. Let us go to the book of Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. And the Lord will help us, we'll finish today. Hebrews chapter 9 said, now even the first covenant had its own rules and regulations for divine worship. And he had a sanctuary, but one of this world. For a tabernacle was erected in the outer division, or compartment of which were the lampstand and the table with the loaves of the bread set forth. This portion is called the holy place. But inside, beyond the second curtain of veil, there stood another tabernacle, or division, known as the Holy of Holies. It had a golden altar of incense and the Ark of the Covenant, covered over with rough gold. This contained a golden jar, which held the manna and the rod of Aaron that sprouted. And the, the slabs of the Covenant, bearing the Ten Commandments, above the Ark and overshadowing the mercy seat were the representations of the cherubim, winged creatures which were the symbols of glory. We cannot now go into detail about these things. Now this arrangement, having thus been made, The priests enter habitually into the outer division of the tabernacle in performance of their ritual acts of worship. But in the second division of the tabernacle, none but the high priest goes. And he only once a year, and never without taking a sacrifice of blood with him, which he offers for himself, for the errors and sins of ignorance and thoughtlessness which the people have committed. By this, the Holy Spirit points out the way into the true Holy of Holies. It's not, yet, it's not yet thrown open as long as the former tabernacle remains a recognized institution and is still standing. That was why the Lord Jesus tore the veil of the temple. Because he needed to make the former tabernacle of no effect. Now what does that mean? In the book of Hebrews chapter 4, if we start to read from verse 15, The Bible says that we do not have a high priest that does not feel the same pain that we feel. But he himself was tested and he sinned not. Then verse sixteen says, "He said, Now therefore, approach the throne of grace with boldness, whereby you can receive grace and mercy to help in the time of need. Could you go to the next slide? Now when you, this slide, there's nothing written there. I just want you to see, I want you to see the graphical representation of the earth. And some of the things that you understand. Now that is the act with the children of Israel surrounding it. And you see the glory of God manifested. Praise the Lord. And that's the promise of God. He said every time you set up the act, He said my glory will manifest. Do you realize that the moment that veil was torn, that you became the tabernacle of the Most High? Is the glory of God upon your life? Because if the glory of God is not upon your life, how can you serve Him? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And you see there, the Lord said, He said, I will always be above that tabernacle. And over it by night, you will always see my glory. Do people see the glory of God in your life? That's what the Lord is asking you and I today. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let us go to the next one. If you look at Hebrews chapter 9, the Bible says that God described everything that was in in the tabernacle. And every single thing in the tabernacle is for a purpose. So the question is this. The only way you can serve God is in the Lord Jesus. Without Jesus, you don't have the ability to serve God. Even if you have Jesus, if you don't move away from the position you were when you accepted him, and move forward towards perception, perfection, not by the reason of your physical act, but by faith in God, there is no way you can serve it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now when God set the tabernacle, God asked, the, asked Moses to arrange the, the tribes in such a way that they would surround the tabernacle. And that tabernacle was always facing the east. And the tribe of Judah was always before the gate. Now, Jesus is the gate. That was why he tore the veil. Now, to go in, you must praise and worship. Because Judah means praise. Oh, somebody did not shout hallelujah. (laughs) But there was a place in the Bible that the children of Israel wanted to go to war. And they asked the Lord, who shall go first? And the Lord said, send Judah first. Brethren, no matter the pain you feel, if you do not start with praise, forget about intercession. Amen. 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 Listen, when I face trouble, when people face me, you know what I do? I say, Lord, I thank you because they have come again. But I know that you are going to rise on my behalf. Jesus said about Lazarus. He said, our friend Lazarus is not sick unto death. He said, but he sleeping. And why does he sleep? He said, so that the glory of God might be manifest. And when he got to the tomb, he said, Lord, he said, Father, I thank you because you hear me always. Even if God does not want to answer, he has put God in trouble. <laughs> Amen. Yes. But do you know one thing? God wants you to put him in trouble. That's why in the book of Jeremiah he said, Call upon me in the day of trouble. He said, I will answer and show you greater and mighty things you have not seen before. Amen. Yes. So it is by the reason of the worship of God. That the glory of God is revealed. That is why Judah is there first. Now, why does it face the east? The east, that is where the sun rises in the morning. Amen. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. God must be first. Amen. God must be first. You no, know, sometimes I've come across situations years ago, almost over 14 years ago. I was about to get married. I was struggling, looking for money for one or two things. God allowed me to struggle for three days. Then, before I pray, God gives me things. But this one, he just kept quiet. He was looking at me. Then on the third day, I realized something was wrong. And I realized it was me. So I said, Lord, I am sorry. I said, I've been trying to raise this money by my strength. I said, but I'm not going to raise it anymore. I said, Lord, if there's no food to give those that will come for my wedding, so be it. I said, but I thank you because I need to be done. Less than one hour later, I got a call from a friend. He said, I have some money, I don't need it. Do you need it? Praise the Lord. Pastor Money Man knows the person I'm talking about. His name is George Bassi. Praise the Lord. And everything was sorted. You cannot afford to do anything by your strength. You put God first. Now, let's go to the next one. Now, the tabernacle is made of three major areas. The outer court, where, where you see all the animals, and you see the brazen laver and the brazen altar. The holy place, and the holiest of all. Well, let's look at the outer court. In the outer court, you have the brazen altar and the brazen lava. The lava is a container that you, you put water inside. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, this is a place to deal with flesh. A lot of children of God are in the outer court. Amen. And it is not a place of power. It is a place of repentance. It is a place of asking for forgiveness. And a lot of us will live such a life. Now we allow the enemy to keep us in the outer court. The enemy likes to keep us in the outer court. Most times he does not want us to enter even into the tabernacle. But if you can just struggle and enter into the tabernacle, he says, okay, that's okay, you can stay in the outer court. Because he knows you can never encounter power. You can never encounter the glory of God. Because in the outer court is a place of repentance. That is why the things there are made with bronze. Bronze is a kind of flesh. You constantly put the flesh to death in the altar call. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And there's there's only one entrance into the altar call, like I said before. It's only through Jesus that you can enter. Right? The first thing you need to know is there's no fellowship with God without praise, like we said before. And you see that in Psalm 22, verse 3. Now, when you get to the brazen altar, it's the place of confession of sins. The difference between then and now is this. There is always a priest staying by the brazen altar to receive your items of sacrifice and to put it on the sacrifice for you. But today, you are the priest that God is looking for. He said, because you are a peculiar people, a chosen nation, a royal priesthood. So you have to mortify your flesh, like he said in the book of Romans, and you have to ask God, you have to confess your sins and ask God for forgiveness. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And you see that in the book of First John, chapter one, verse eight to ten, amen. And if you go to the book of First Corinthians, chapter five, verse seventeen, it is written there. Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Now, after the sacrifice, the priest now goes to the brazen laver, which has water, and he now washes himself because God said, "Go to the next one." Go to the go to the next one. That is the brazen altar. Then after that, you go to the bronze lava. Because God said that if the priest does not wash himself and he comes into the holy place, he said he will strike him dead. Amen? Amen? But what does it mean? The water is the word of God. We, we are clean not only by our confession, we are clean also by repentance that comes from the knowledge of the grace, the mercy, and the judgment of God. Because repentance is turning back. If I am going to her, praise the Lord. And when I get to back, I realize that I shouldn't be going to Soha, so I should be going to Nizwa. What do I do? I turn back. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord do we turn back from our sins? And that is why we remain here. A priest that does not wash himself cannot go into the holy place. And God does not want you and I to remain in the outer court. Amen? Amen. If you are still committing the sins that were in your life before you accepted Jesus, you are in the outer court. Let us go to the next one. Amen. Amen. Now the next one, before we get to the holy place, you jump to one slide. Before we get to the holy place, there is a veil. There is a veil between the outer court and the holy place. And that veil is separation. Amen? Now, why is there the veil? The veil most times is barrier to spiritual progress. Praise the Lord. Barrier to spiritual progress. That was why Jesus tore it. That was the only thing Jesus tore in the temple. When he cried on the cross, it did not destroy the table of the children. It did not destroy the brazen altar. It did not destroy the golden the golden lampstand. It tore the veil. Why? So that you do not remain in one place. You cannot get into the holy place without being clean. But if you are clean, then the Spirit of God pulls you. Because like we said earlier, God is always seeking for people to serve Him. The Spirit of God was brought up, was created to seek for the presence of God. That is why people raise idols to worship. Man must worship something. Amen. Amen. So what will it be? Let us move on. There is no time. Now, when you pass through the veil, prayer, through study, through faith in God, then you get into the holy place. Now, there are three major things in the holy place. The table of the shoe bread, which is to the right, right? The golden lampstand, which is to the left, and the golden altar of, inc- altar of incense, which is directly in front of you, close to the holiest of all. The table of the shoe bread is a table that has 12 loaves of bread on leaven bread with incense. Now what does it mean? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The table of the shewbread means fellowship with, with the word of God. Is the word of God real to you? Is the unleavened word of God real to you? Do you take that word, do you eat it? Do you meditate on the word of God? In the book of Psalm 1, if you start from verse 1 to 3, the Bible says, Blessed is a man that does not walk in the way of the ungodly, that does not stand in the way of sinners, and does not sit in the seat of the scumful. And he said, but the law of the Lord is a delight unto his own. And in that law, he meditates day and night. Then that man becomes like a tree. Planted by the rivers of waters, it brings forth its fruit in its season, and his leaf will not wither. And whatsoever that man touches, he will prosper. The same thing God told Joshua in the book of Joshua chapter 1. If you start reading from verse 8. Good success comes partly from reading and meditating the word. The washing in the outer court is to get you to the place of realizing that you are a sinner. Understanding that without the grace of God, you cannot get out of sin. But to know the deep things of God, you need to get into the holy place. Because without the deep things of God, you cannot serve Him. Amen. 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 Then you go to the other side, where you have the golden candlesticks. Or the golden lampstand. The Bible says that that lampstand is seven, which is the number of perfection. Because God rested on the third day. The other thing is that it is constantly alight and the priest fills it with oil in the morning and oil at night. Pure olive oil. Pure olive oil talks about the enablement of the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Speaking in tongues is not the only thing that you receive from the Holy Ghost. That is just the beginning. Amen. Illumination comes from the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost takes what you read at the table of the shoe And he makes it plain for you. Amen? Now that light from that candlestick is the only light in the holy place. There is no window in the holy place. In other words, the light of the world should not come into your life. You should be the light of the world. Praise the Lord. And you can only be the light of the world when you allow the Holy Ghost to bring the illumination of the word of God into your life amen 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 Amen. Amen. oh you're not sounding excited the other thing is that in the book of psalm 25 verse 14 the bible said that the lord reveals his secret to those that fear him Amen? amen so with the holy spirit you receive from god as the only goes, is walking over your partner and says, Son, it is time to pray. And you don't know who to pray for. Praise the Lord. Praise, Praise the, Lord. the Lord. What do you do then? If you know the word of God, you will jump up. Lord, I don't know who to pray for. Say, but I yield to the spirit of the living God. Because the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 8, that sometimes we do not know how to pray as we ought to. Say, but the Holy Spirit himself enables us to pray in groanings which cannot be offered. Let's go to the next one. Let's go to the golden altar of incense. Amen. The Bible says that the golden altar of incense is the altar where incense is offered unto the Lord. And if you read Exodus 25 to 30, which is where God talks about the entire tabernacle and the things in it, and what what Moses needs to prepare, God said that the incense for that altar is special. You must not use it for yourself. Your prayer life must first be to God. Praise the Lord. That is why you see, those that are intercessors, there's a special grace that is upon their lives. Because an intercessor most times does not pray for themselves. They pray for other people. Amen. And the golden altar of incense is where prayer is constantly offered. Now, if you read the passage, the Bible says, And Aaron must always pour incense onto that altar from evening till morning night vigil praise the lord praise the lord brethren god is taking us to a place in this assembly that if the lord can open my eyes and your eyes to see where he's taking us to oh you will not miss mistrust for any day praise the lord Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, it is located close to the Holy of Holies. In other words, prayer helps you to get into the presence of God. You read the Word of God, you receive deep knowledge. The Holy Ghost makes it plain to you. Sometimes I've been driving, and the Holy Ghost will say, Son, do you know what this particular passage means? I said, No, Lord, and he starts to give it to me. Sometimes it just gives me a word as a topic for administration. And then once I sit down to either study or I start to talk to someone, it starts to add more to it. But you see, the Holy Ghost cannot do it unless you keep soaking yourself in the word of God. Because it takes what you have stored. Now, when you get to the place of prayer, the Holy Ghost also takes what you have stored. That is why prophetic prayer is not only prayed by a prophet. Amen? Prophetic prayer is a weapon for the children of God. You know what the Bible says about the weapons of our warfare? It said they are not carnal. There are sometimes in prayer, you see the problem is so big, you don't know where to start from. And a word drops into your mind. A scripture drops into your mind. Or somebody says something and your heart will just leap. And say, yes, that is it. That is a place of the golden altar of incense. A place of deep and abiding prayer. A place of prophetic intercession. A place of illumination so that when you speak the word of God spoken in the book of Job will come to pass. Where he said, thou shalt decree a faith and it shall be established unto you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It is a place of exercising spiritual authority. You cannot doubt God and get to the golden altar. It is not possible. It is a place of believing that Lord, you said it, I believe it, and whether it takes 15 years to manifest, that settles it. Brethren, do you want to get there? Mm. Only about five people answered. I said, brethren, do you want to get there? If you want to get there, you need to seek him. Amen. Amen. We have less than five minutes to go. Let's go to the next one now. After the golden altar, you get to the veil. There's another veil. Now, the first thing you need to know, if you go and read, and I stand corrected, if if I'm wrong, you can come back to me and tell me I'm a liar. If you go and read Exodus 25 to 30, this veil between the holy place and the holiest of all is thicker than the veil between the outer place and the holy place. Why? The devil tried to keep you in the outer place, it did not succeed. You. you have struggled, you used razor blade and cut the veil, and you slipped in. You got into the holy place. You are there to receive illumination. The Holy Ghost talks to you once in a while. Then maybe you now say, well, because he talks to me, I cannot be a pastor. Right? You cannot get through the second veil when you are like that. Or you say, well, I read my Bible yesterday. God will understand. I will not read it today. If you don't read it today, I bet you you will not read it tomorrow. I can bet you by the third day, you would have forgotten there is even something called the Bible. You cannot get through the veil. That is why it's a sticker. Because the second veil is a place of limitation of the flesh. Is a place where spiritual attacks intensify, is a place where you encounter the cares of this world, is a place where you focus on the pride of life, and you need to break through. But you see, God knew that if He leaves us alone, there is no way we can break through. That's why in the book of John, the Lord Jesus told his disciples, He said, I go quickly. He said, For if I do not go, He said, Another comforter cannot come. He said, But when He comes, he will show you all He said, I will not leave you comfortless. The Lord knew that there is no way, there is no razor blade, there is no sword, there is no chainsaw that can cut the veil. That was why Jesus on the cross, the King of glory said, it is finished. It means your sins are finished. Oh, you are not excited? In the book of Ephesians, the Bible says that we reign in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. It means I reign over sin, and you reign over sin. It means your sickness is finished. It means your reproach is finished. Listen, I am not saying it because I want to make you excited. No, no, no. I am saying it because I believe in my heart that that is the true word of God. And he said, if you pray according to my will, I will answer. I do not know what faces you. They might have told you that your own is the worst. But Jesus is telling you that nothing shall be impossible with God. Yes. And that is your portion in the name of Jesus. Yes. So Jesus said it is finished. And the Bible said in Matthew 27, verse 50 to 51, And the veil of the temple was turned from top to bottom. It was not turned from bottom to top. You know why? The scientists would have said that the Jews went to tear or that his disciples went to tear it. But God tore it from top to bottom. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. Isn't our God good? Yes. Isn't our God good? Yes. So when you now get into the holy place, that is the holiest of all. That is where the Shekinah glory of God manifests. That is where when you get into everything that has held you bound will fall away. That is where when you get into demons cannot follow you in the air. Demons can try to get into the holy place and take your mind from the Bible. But when they get into the holiest of all, the first thing they will encounter is the mercy seat. The mercy seat, go to the next one, okay. Go to the the, the photograph of the ark. Now, the mercy seat is the crown of the ark. The ark is just that box. Well, from that place you have designed up to where you have these cherubims, that is the mercy seat. When demons want to get in, they will first see the mercy seat. Why? Because mercy is greater than anything. Then you now see the cherubims that are crouching over the mercy seat. In other words, the judgment of God is available for those that ignore the mercies of God. That is why you cannot afford to keep denying the voice of mercy. That is why if you are here today, you've been hearing these words several times and you have not yielded.
2: Time is running out.
1: Praise the Lord. Now, after the message, you see the cherubims. The cherubims were the same angels that God used to block the gate to the Garden of Eden. They are angels of judgment. They are not as merciful as the seraphims. It was the seraphim that put coal in the mouth of Isaiah. A cherubim will draw his sword and destroy you if God does not tell him to stop. But why are they in the holiest of all? One, to ensure you don't get in there with blemish. Two, to ensure that the devil cannot go in there with you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, the Bible said in Hebrews 4.16, it said, get into the holiest of all. Get to the throne of God. That is where you get into. That is where you receive grace and mercy to help in the time of day. Quickly, the next thing that you see in the holiest of all, you see the Shekinah glory of God in between the two cherubims. That is the glory that Moses encountered and his face changed. That is the glory that Moses encountered. And Miriam was struck with leprosy because she spoke against the anointed of the Lord. Leprosy is not your portion. You will get into this glory this year. And this glory will cleanse you. In the name of Jesus. Because that glory is the glory of His presence. That glory changes when a man does not remain the same. Now inside the ark, you have the manna, spiritual sustenance. Spiritual sustenance. The Bible says the manna, no matter the quantity they collected, fill them. On the the day before the Sabbath, they collect double portion and it does not spoil. Why does it spoil on other days? So that you can keep going back. Praise the Lord. So brethren, Jesus tore the veil so that you and I can keep going to the holiest of all. God wants to see you in the holiest of all. Now the next thing apart from the manna is the tablet of stone. The, The emblem of covenant and obedience. The Ten Commandments were an emblem of covenant with the children of Israel from God. And it means that they must always obey. Isaiah Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. If ye be willing and obedient, thou shalt eat the good of the land. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, the rod of Aaron, that body, is also in the heart. And what does that mean? Comfort. 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 David said, in Psalm 23, verse 4, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. In the presence of God, in the place of his glory, there is comfort. I don't know if you have experienced it, but I have. I am praying, I'm weeping, I'm lying before God, I'm asking for help. Suddenly peace. Peace like a river comes into your life. You will not be comfortless. And the last one is the horim and the tummim. That is knowledge and revelation. In those days, it was two stones. In this day, it is the Holy Ghost. That is why the Bible says in the book of Isaiah, thou shalt hear a voice behind you, saying this is the right path, walk ye in it. And the Lord said, I know the thoughts I have towards you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to bring you to an unexpected end, and to give you a hope and a future. Brethren, the Lord said, I should ask you a question. Are you ready for higher service? If you are ready, those that are ready, stand up. You are about to enter a covenant with God today. And in the next two minutes, I need you to just open your eyes and say, Lord, here I am. Search me, Lord. Search me, Lord. Father, without you, I am nothing. Search me, Lord. Areas of my life that I have been joking, Father, today I refuse to joke anymore. Search me, Lord. Father, get me, help me, Lord, to get out of the outer place, the outer court. Help me, Lord, to get out of the holy place. My desire is to sleep in the holiest of all. Open your mouth and start to pray for yourself. Start to pray for yourself. My desire is to, is to sleep in the holiness of all. My desire is to encounter your glory. My desire is to encounter your glory. My desire is to receive your mercy. My desire, Lord, my desire, oh, is to receive illumination from you. My desire, Lord, is to receive spiritual sustenance from you. My desire, Lord, is to be soaked in your presence so that your words your word start to have meaning to me. My desire Lord, like in Psalm 25, verse 14, is to receive your secret from you You because the Bible says that you reveal your secret to those that you love. Father, I hear this call, I hear this call, I am ready to answer, I am ready to answer. I have seen it that the veil was torn. It is left for me to move on. It is left for me to walk with you. It is left for me to walk with you. Mighty and everlasting Father, help me. Jehovah, 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 help me.
2: In Jesus' name we pray. Father, we want to thank you this afternoon. You are the God of a higher ground. You want to take us higher. Lord, from the beginning of this service, you told us our chains will fall off. You told us that we are living second for better. Now you tell us we are going into the Holy of Holies. Lord, we want to dwell in your presence. Lord, we bless your name because your power will accomplish it. In every one of our lives this very day. In the name of Jesus Christ. Every chain that keeps us in the outer court. Every chain that keeps us in second. Oh Lord, let it be broken right now. In the name of Jesus Lord, let there be a release of your power over every one of our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, blessed be your holy name. We thank you for your servant you have used, more of your power, more of illumination upon him in the name of Jesus Christ. Blessed be your holy name. As we go, oh Lord, let the fullness of your presence abide with us. And let your name alone be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.